0: It's time now for North Star Sports, your source for the hottest sports takes in the business. Here's your host, Owen Ely. Hello everyone and welcome to the Owen Ely show here from the Northstarsports.media Sports.media studios uh, here in Minneapolis, Minnesota. It's uh, great to be back with you guys. Uh, as always, I'm Owen Ealy, And, uh, you know, it's been a little bit since we've done a show. It's been uh, about a week and a half. You know, we didn't have the UFC uh, last weekend. And uh, that's because we changed a lot of things while keeping almost everything exactly the same. So uh, this show is no longer called North Star Sports. That's just the company. It's now the, uh, the debut episode of the Owen Ealy show. Uh, although it's exactly the same. We didn't do anything. We just changed the name. So it's the same show it always was and always will be, just with a different name. And we named our studio, but it's the same studio. But, you know, big stuff, big stuff. So I just figured I should let everybody know what's going on, you know, all these all these big changes uh, that we've made. But don't worry. You're still going to get the same old, same old. You know, you're still going to... You're gonna keep getting gold from me. Tell you, tell you that much. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna come in here every single day. I do a show, so like maybe once or twice a week, and I'm just gonna swing for the fucking fences. You know what I mean? And yeah, sometimes I'll, I'll strike out. Uh, not often though, but you know, I'm gonna mash some fucking taters. I'm gonna mash some dingers. I'm gonna hit some home runs. So, you know, I'm here to, I'm here to just get on base today. I gotta be honest with you. Uh, you know, I am excited that the, that the UFC is back. You know, it's not the greatest card in the world, but there's some fun fights in here. We're going to go pretty quickly because my phone is almost dead. But I'm not looking to hit a home run today. If I do, that's fine, but I'm not power swinging today. Just contact. I got a little speed, so, you know, if we get if we get a double, if we get an extra base hit, that's fine with me, but I'm just looking to get on base here today. So, uh, I don't think we have any housekeeping. The main card showdown will be today. I don't have picks from anybody. Um... But that hasn't stopped me before. So we will have the main card showdown. I have no idea who's going to be taking on who. But, you know, it is what it is, as Max Holloway would say. Uh, We're also doing this show a little bit late because, you know, the mailman uh, is way too busy delivering. And he has other jobs. So the mailman has been putting off doing this show for a little bit. So uh, we already have uh, one result Already in, so we can't do the prelim opener, but that's you know, that's fine. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't looking forward to Ramiz Brahimaj and and Sasha Palatnikov, so you know, that's fine with me. We'll skip that and we'll just fly through some of these prelims and then spend a little more time on the main card because the main card is really uh, what matters. So we will start off here uh, on the prelims. We'll have a fight between Roosevelt Roberts and Ignacio Bahamandes. Uh, Roberts is ten and two. Bahamondes is eleven and four. We'll look at the odds here uh, per the UFC's website because I'm too lazy. Actually, no, I did pull up Odds Shark. You know, Odds Odds Shark has been there for us, so I will use them instead. Uh, And they have updated their website uh, to make it look really ugly. So actually, I might not be using Odds Shark for much longer. Uh, Bahamondes is going to be the minus one sixty favorite. should be an interesting fight, two guys that definitely need a win in the UFC. Roberts is, has been in for uh maybe two years, two and a half years. You know, he's had some really nice performances. Uh like his uh his finish of Brock Weaver. Uh but he's also had some fucking stinkers as well, uh, getting finished quickly against Jim Miller. But, you know, there there seems to be something a little bit special with Roosevelt Roberts. So yeah, I think he's a very talented fighter. Uh, both of these guys are really tall for 155, 6'2 for Roberts, 6'3 for Baja Uh, But Baja I, I don't think he should be in the UFC. I think he's too young. He's 23 years old. And uh, he, he lost his debut. It was a split decision loss to John MacDessie. Uh John, John Mcdessey kind of beat him up a little bit. Uh, Baja was getting walked down and, and beaten up in that fight. Definitely had his moments. I, I really think this... Uh, uh, chilean fighter is talented but I, I don't know if he's ready to be in the ufc I, i'm gonna go with roberts uh but for me it's it's kind of a coin flip between these two guys all right moving on uh to the light heavyweight division we'll have a fight between william knight and fabio charant knight is nine and two charant is seven and two uh, we'll take a look at the odds here. And Knight's going to be the very heavy minus 325 favorite. Um, yeah, Charant he made his debut super short notice. I think it was a week after uh, he he had fought. Oh, not a week, excuse me. Uh, like two or three weeks uh, since his, his fight in, in the uh, LFA came over. Got choked out by Men- uh, Alonzo uh via uh, a Von... Prue choke, because, you know, who's Von Flew anyway? You know what I mean? I'm not going to sit here and say, fuck Von Flew, because I don't know who he is, but it's the Von Prue choke in my mind. I mean, OSP's the man. Uh, interesting nickname for uh, Fabio Chirant. Uh It's the, uh, the Water Buffalo. Uh, both of these guys are pretty fucking jacked and pretty short. William Knight, uh, kind of looking to right the ship here. Very powerful fighter. Uh, just got absolutely worked by uh jung who's not really he's not really known as a wrestler i thought i thought jung was uh known as more of a boxer but he just put on such a wrestling clinic against william knight back in uh april it's very embarrassing and from what i understand fabio charant is is pretty good on the ground um so that's not going to bode well for william knight obviously the odds makers don't feel uh don't feel that I am going to go with William Knight I like his uh I like his striking although it's a little bit basic at times you just got to fucking pray he doesn't get taken down because he has William Knight has no idea what he's doing on the ground he is beyond a fish out of out of water when he's on the ground uh but you know I'm gonna gonna side with William Knight on this one but I very well could be uh incorrect on this Alright, moving on to the women's bantamweight division. We'll have a fight between Bay Malecki and Josiane Nunez. Malecki is 2-0. Nunez is 7-1. Take a look at the odds, shark odds here. And Malecki is going to be the minus 130 favorite. Uh, You know, that's why why female MMA is interesting sometimes, because you get weird matchups like a 2-0 fighter. And uh, apparently, people don't know what an exhibition fight is because Maleki on the UFC's website is four and zero. So I don't know who's telling the truth here. I, I, I tend to side with Tapology, but you know UFC's the the company that employs Bay Maleki. So I don't know, four and zero or two and zero. Pretty big difference in my mind. Uh, but she fought on the uh, the Ultimate Fighter uh, season 28. That was the hard hitters. I think that was the last. Yeah, because we were on season twenty nine, an absolute you know fucking stinker of a of a season. So yeah, she was on the last season of the Ultimate Fighter before the the comeback season. Uh, very tall fighter, five foot nine. Uh, she's going to be uh, uh, seven inches taller than Nunez. Nunez is uh, making her debut now. Maleki is known as a a striker, but Nunez has uh, actually finished. Her last four opponents, uh, none of those four fights have gone past the uh, the second bell, so a little bit of a finisher. Uh, but obviously, I mean, in promotions, I have never heard of against fighters I've never heard of. But you know, it's kind of how it is. Uh, Maleki is going to have a massive reach advantage. I don't think I've ever seen a reach advantage bigger than bigger than this on the female side of things. 74 inches to 67. Uh, I'm gonna go with Maleki just because I've seen her fight. I've never seen Nunez fight. I don't know anything about her. I do know Malecki, uh it, You know, she's a, she's a little tough. Uh, I'm not gonna sit here and speak glowingly about her toughness. You know, when we haven't seen, you know, a whole lot of. You know, she hasn't had a, a whole lot of fight time in her career. But you know, she showed some toughness on the Ultimate Fighter. Uh, in, in some of those exhibition fights, good striker, and uh, I think she'll she'll get it done by unanimous decision. Alright, moving on now to the men's bantamweight division, otherwise just known as the bantamweight division. Uh, we'll have a fight between Brian Kelleher and Domingo Pilarte. Kelleher is 22-12. and 12. Pilarte is 8-2. and two. We'll look at the odds here, and Kelleher is going to be the uh, slight minus 140 favorite. Um, Yeah, again, Kelleher, Kelleher is another one of those guys who you never really know uh, what you're going to get when he goes out there and, and uh, takes the octagon. Uh, maybe a, a common theme for uh, tonight's card, because we'll definitely talk about uh, a little bit later about somebody who you never know what he's going to do when he's in the octagon. You never know if you're going to get an A-plus performance or an F-minus performance. Uh, but obviously, a, a veteran of the sport in, uh, in, in Brian Kelleher, he's going to have, I mean, Jesus, three times as many fights as uh, Domingo Pilarte. Uh, he is 35, which is, you know, a little little old for, for Bantamweight. And uh, he lost his last fight to uh, Ricky Simone. But, uh, you know, just kind of up and down, up and down. A really good litmus test for, for Bantamweights who want to get into, we'll say, like the top 25. Like, if you want to break into the top 25, if that were a thing, like, you would want to test yourself against Brian Kelleher. Because if you win, welcome to the club. If you lose, then, you know so sad but uh yeah he's a pretty dangerous fighter too he's he's well-rounded i mean he's there's, there's not really like glaring weaknesses i wouldn't say that there's glaring strengths with brian Kelleher, but i mean you know he could finish you uh you know he's, he's won decisions he could he can definitely choke you out like he did against ray rodriguez he definitely could knock you out like he did against hunter azure so you know a pretty well-rounded guy pilarte is going to be pretty tall gonna have a a six inch height advantage he's gonna have an eight inch reach advantage so that's pretty significant being being six foot at 135 is pretty fucking extreme that's i don't know if that's a good strategy i gotta be honest with you but uh he does not have a win in the ufc uh he i think he got so it's a no contest but uh it's a 38 second knockout I can't remember his fight against Journey Newsom. I want to say Newsom was the one that knocked Pilarte out. Actually, I think I'm wrong on that. So I don't know why that's a no contest. I don't really care that much about Domingo Pilarte until he starts winning a bunch of fights and, you know, makes me care. Uh, I am going to go with Kelleher. I, I think he's a pretty tough test, test for somebody who's still looking for his first win in the UFC. I don't think he's going to find it here. And uh, a move to featherweight might be uh, a smart idea. But, you know, what do I know? All right, moving on now to the featherweight division. We'll have a fight between Luis Saldana and Austin Lingo. Uh, Let's see here. Oh, phone just shit out on me. Uh, Saldana is 15 and 6. Lingo is 8 and 1. We'll take a look at the odds. Saldana will be the minus 130 favorite. Two tall uh, featherweights. Well, not so much, but 5'10", 5'11". I mean, it's good height for uh, for featherweights. Uh, Lingo has probably the worst tattoo I've ever seen. Like, some weird... Some weird, like, Maori... And he's a white guy, by the way. Uh, but some weird, super thick, like, tribal Maori tattoos that... That look slightly, like, Celtic. Not overtly, but if you squint your eyes, uh, they look, uh, a little a little Celtic. Um very ugly, very ugly tattoo, um, and it's just on one half of his body, (coughs) excuse me, um, see, like, there's worse tattoos, like, uh, what was it, last night, last night BKFC was on, and, uh, god, what the fuck is his name, not Alan Joban, Alan Belcher was fighting, and, like, Alan Belcher's tattoo of Johnny Cash, which looks nothing like Johnny Cash, uh, first of all, is embarrassing. It's cringe, but it, it's also a very bad tattoo. But you know, if you wear if you wear a, a t shirt, you're not going to see it. You know, it's just on the upper upper forearm. But this is really bad. I mean, I would I would really implore you to look up Austin Lingo to see this tattoo because it's embarrassing. Uh, I would probably just bleach my arm if uh, that was the, the the tattoo that I had. So. Uh, you know, oddly enough, I factor this into the fight just a little bit. You know, if you're dumb enough to get a tattoo like that, like maybe your IQ's not super good for fighting as well. You no, know, maybe it maybe it is, but you know, I don't know. I, you know, you got to think about everything, you know what I mean? You got to you got to think about every tiny thing. I mean, these are world-class athletes and you know, the, the smallest things can decide fights. So something like that tells me this guy is not really good at making <laughs> making big decisions. Um, I don't have any uh, hot sports stakes here on uh, either of these fighters, i got to be honest with you. Uh, Austin Lingo uh, made his debut back uh, at UFC 247. He lost that one to Yusuf Salal. Uh, and then uh, had, a, had a rebound win over Jacob Kilburn. If I remember correctly, that was actually a pretty good fight back on the first-ever uh, UFC on ABC card. And uh, Luis Saldana, I believe he's been in the UFC... Uh, Before, So he came off the Contender Series where he beat Vince Murdoch and then got a win over Jordan Griffin. Doesn't really say a whole lot to me. (coughs) Excuse me. So, uh, you know, I'll just go Luis Saldana on this one. It's very tough picking fights where, uh, you know, it's basically you just look at their regionals and and try to figure shit out. Uh, Oddly enough, that's going to be the prelim headliner, so... You know, I don't know. I don't know why they would put that as the prelim headliner, but you know, whatever. Uh, now moving on to the main card opener in the uh, flyweight division, we'll have a fight between Alexandre, Alexander Pantoja, Alexandre Pantoja. I don't know. I'm not fancy. I'm not. I'm not French. I'm not. You know, Portuguese. I don't. You know, I don't. I don't believe in floral stuff like that. Alexander Pantoja is what I'm going with uh takes on brandon the uh the raw dog royval a just an a an a nickname i was going to go a plus but just a very good nickname uh so pantoja is going to be 23 and 5 royval will be 12 and 5 uh we'll look at the odds here and pantoja will be the minus 175 favorite uh i don't know about that one i don't know about that one uh Royval is going to be the number 6 ranked flyweight. Pantoja at number 3. I'm too lazy to pull up my own uh, rankings, but uh, that's whatever. Uh, I think this will be a good fight. i got to be honest with you. I think this is uh, this, this could be fight of the night very, very easily. I mean, I could just say that just by looking at Brandon Royval and then just not even knowing who his opponent is. Um, but I'm actually going to go with Brandon Royval on this one because I, I know he's going to bring it. And Pantoja... I don't know i don't know i don't know how he's the number three guy i don't i don't get it so uh back at ufc 240 he loses a, a unanimous decision to uh davis and figueredo <clears throat> excuse me i really could use a gatorade right now uh knocks out matt Schnell, loses to askar askarov and then he takes on manel Kop. now i think manel Kop won that fight so in my mind pantoja's lost three of his last four fights uh, the reason why Cop didn't win that fight is he was very inactive, but it's not like Pantoja was extremely active. He was just, you know, if Cop's if activity was a, a 1 out of 10, Pantoja's was a 2 out of 10. So, you know, it, it was a really uninspiring victory by Pantoja, and Cop was probably landing like 70% of his strikes. He was just being so judicious with when he chose to, to strike that, you know he kind of fucked himself over in the eyes of the judges. You know, this completely different styles here between Cop and Royval. Royval, <coughs> excuse me. Royval will bring it. Uh so Pantojas not going to be able to sit there and just have a very low activity and just, you know, throw five more strikes around just to win. No, he's he's going to have his hands full here against Royval who's 5 foot 9, so he's going to be taller. He's going to have a slight um, Reach advantage as well, so uh, I I think this is uh, this is a good one. Uh, Now Royval hasn't fought since uh, November of last year, where he uh, had a shoulder injury against Brandon Moreno. I would have loved to have seen that fight continue. I don't know. I don't think it's a given. Now, knowing what we know now, Moreno probably would have won that fight if it continued, you know, going on. But I don't like. I don't know for a fact that Royval wouldn't have won that fight against. Uh, Moreno. So, you know, I, I think he's going to bring it, and uh, it, it's just going to be car crash style fighting. And, you know, I, I'm going to pick Brandon Royval to, to win this one, especially if I could put money on it. So, you know, come on, great state of Minnesota. Let's legalize uh, sports betting because I'd love to bet, you know, I'd love to bet $15 on Brandon Royval as a plus 140 underdog or, or whatever he is. Because uh, I like those odds. All right. Moving on to the... Uh, well, just another fight on the main card. Uh, I might have the uh, order messed up. Nope. Actually, I have it correct. So, uh, actually, wait a minute. No. Topology, I think, is failing me. Because they are differing from the, uh, the UFC. Did a fight fall out here? Hmm. Interesting. So, we might have a fight that is falling out or in, no? Okay, this is this is a train wreck. I was saying I just wanted to get on base. I, I'm I'm 0 for two right now. I'm I, I'm facing a you know a, a a pitch I really need to smash here because this show is just derailing thanks to uh, conflicting reports between the UFC and Tapology. So I'm gonna go with the UFC. Fuck Tapology today, to be honest with you. Uh, we have Vince Pichel taking on Austin Hubbard uh, in the lightweight division. Pascal will be 13 and 2. Hubbard, 13 and 5. Uh, we will take a look at the odds here. Pachelle will be the minus 143 favorite. Uh, I would probably tack on five points. So, my personal opinion Vince Pachelle is going to be the minus 145 favorite because he's got one hell of a mustache. Just one hell of a broom handle mustache. So, that, you know, again, it's the small things that. Uh, you know, persuade me uh you know solid veteran i did see him at the infamous ufc minneapolis card uh where he beat roosevelt roberts who uh obviously we just talked about a, a few minutes ago uh since then he's had a win over jim miller uh back in august of 2018 so you know he's basically fighting once a year so not not exactly the most active uh fighter he is 38 years old uh Everything's virtually identical here with Austin Hubbard from a physical standpoint. Uh, Hubbard's gonna be uh, a lot younger than him, about a decade younger. He's gonna be 29 years old, coming off of a win over Dakota Harry Bush. That is his fucking name and nickname, Dakota Harry Bush. Uh, which I respect. I respect people doing nicknames like that, but like, but then again, like, I'm glad. I'm glad that's his nickname. Like, if my name was Dakota Bush. I, my fucking nickname certainly would not be Harry, but I respect that he decided to do that, but I mean, like you're you're known as a complete joke though, but you know, I respect it. Uh, who is is a tough guy? I believe it was Austin Hubbard who, after his fight, man, who would it have been against? Maybe his fight against like Davi Hamosh or something. I want to say it was Austin Hubbard who had like one of the worst leg infections I've ever fucking seen. like he had to get hospitalized and get his his leg drained and and shit like that i believe it was austin hubbard Uh, although i i guess i could be wrong but uh that'd be some shit if i was wrong and just totally misattributed a fucking severe injury to austin hubbard so you know take everything i say with a grain of salt but i believe it was austin hubbard uh so a pretty fucking tough guy uh, and a pretty good striker uh, as well. Now, Pichel is uh, exclusively a striker. He, he does not have a single submission victory uh, on his record. And you know he's got a pretty good uh, significant strike uh, differential, 3.1 to 2.6 for Hubbard, 3.0 to 2.7. So, I mean, there's a lot of similarities here. Uh, but Pichel is pretty active uh, with shooting for takedowns. And he does have a pretty good takedown uh, percentage, uh, very bad takedown defense, not so great takedown defense for Austin Hubbard. So, uh, you know, if there's if if either of these guys are scrapping and decide to shoot for a takedown, they're probably gonna land it. I mean, that's just what the numbers would uh would bear out here. Um, I'm gonna go with Vince Michelle. You know, it, it's very easy to forget, you know, how solid of a fighter he is just because you know he's not fighting guys who are ranked, he's not fighting super often but i think he's a good fighter the striking is basically the same so if all that's the same if they're the same physically uh you know i, I gotta look at the grappling and that's where i see uh pichelle having an advantage at least with activity i mean again he's not going to submit him on the ground you know maybe he can tko him or something but uh i'm gonna go with vince pichelle uh, to win this one and uh oh shit it's on the main card so i gotta pick a method I'm going to go decision. I'm going to go Vince Bichelle Bichelle by decision. And I realize I fucked up. I didn't uh, have uh, a method for Pantoja and Royval. uh, Royval by decision as well. All right. Moving on now to the Bantamweight division. We'll have a fight between Trevin, Five Star, Jones, and uh, bear with me here. Saeed Yakub Kakramanov. Saeed Yakub Kakramanov. Uh, Jones is 13 and 6. Kakramanov is 8 and 2. I believe that is the Uzbeki flag. So he's from Uzbekistan. Uh, we'll take a look at the odds here. And Jones is only going to be the minus 150 favorite, which is a little bit interesting because. Jones has had some pretty good performances in the UFC, and he is going up against a, a, a newcomer here, so it's a little interesting that the odds would be uh, where they're at. Uh, he's had a lot of canceled fights over his, uh, his last handful of, uh, well, scheduled fights. He, he's had a lot of canceled fights over the last couple of months. Uh, his last uh, appearance was a really good knockout of Mario Batista, uh, in, in uh, only two rounds uh, he had his uh, debut back uh, in uh, August of last year against Timor Veliv where he was just getting beat up, getting smashed and then just flipped the script and uh, knocked out Timor Veliv uh, although officially it's a no contest because I believe I believe Trevin Jones likes to smoke the ganja so I think that's why uh, that one was revoked now I know nothing about Sayid Yakub. Kakramanov, because not not even the UFC, they don't have his picture, they don't have his record, they don't have anything on this guy. So let's 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 see what Tapology has to say about him. So he uh, he fights uh, out of Uzbekistan. Team Oy- uh, Team Oyama, which I believe is uh, San Diego. 25 years old. He's five foot eight. Uh, he went to Ellsworth Community College. So you know I. I can't think of any other Ellsworth community college other than the one in uh, Ellsworth, Wisconsin, so kind of a local guy, so it makes me want to go for him now, even though he's, you know, from Uzbekistan. Uh, two-fight winning streak, uh, he he fought in the uh, PFL, he's fought uh, in CFC, CFFC, excuse me, uh, and uh, he's a finisher, but I mean, a lot of people are finishers on the fucking regional scene, so that's not... Uh, not unique i'm gonna go with trevin jones by knockout round round one knockout sure why not i was gonna go round two but we'll go round one knockout trevin jones is a pretty fucking good striker uh for where he's at you know in 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 the uh bantamweight totem pole so very tough debut so i'm gonna go with trevin jones on this one Alright, moving on to the featured bout on the main card. It's the people's main event. I say that entirely ironically between heavyweights Chase Sherman and Parker Porter. Chase Sherman is 15-7. Uh, Porter is 11-6. and six. He has a loss to John Jones on his record uh, like a fucking 15 years ago. Chase Sherman is the minus 182 favorite I have, dude. I have no idea how this is on a main card. I have no idea how this is a featured bout. Neither of these fighters belong in the UFC. They're Im- just, I, I. Everything I've ever said about heavyweights and why I don't like heavyweight fighting, is is true in this. It's just two obese guys with no skill who can punch hard, which is not special. Anybody who weighs 265 pounds can punch hard. In fact, it would actually be impressive if you if it would actually be impressive if you weighed that much and didn't punch hard. Like it it would it would be impressive. I've like I've never met somebody that size who doesn't punch hard. Even just fucking people I've known in my life who are not fighters. Um who have no other skills. That no other skills but to stand there and just swing as hard as they can, you know, for the 90 seconds of cardio they have. So uh i will definitely be skipping this one i have beyond zero interest in watching just two obese people swing at each other i could go i could go to fight porn on reddit i could go to i could go to a multitude of little subreddits and find fat people you know throwing punches at each other so this is not you know and at least then i'll see a knockout because there's a reason why they put it on there but uh yeah i'm not interested in this one um chase sherman is 31 i believe this is his second tenure maybe it's his third tenure in the ufc he sure has a lot of losses in the ufc so uh he, he uh lost his last fight to andre arlovsky um i just realized my phone is uh, very annoying for doing all these uh, fucking alerts uh, yeah, that's about it. Loses a lot of fights in the UFC. Parker Porter is coming off of a uh, a victory over Josh Parisian, another uh, very large gentleman with uh, no skills. Uh, so yeah, good good for him. He has a win in the UFC. Congratulations. Got viciously knocked out by Chris Daukus, a heavyweight who does have talent. Uh, so yeah, I'm gonna go Chase Sherman on, on this one, and I'm gonna go by finish. Hopefully. I hope there's a finish. I mean, if this goes 15 minutes, I'm going to gouge out my own fucking eyeballs with a steak knife. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to go Chase Sherman, but I really, I don't care either way. In, in fact, I hope that they... Uh, you know how uh, Matt Mitrione, when he fought Fedor Emelianenko, they both landed an overhand right at the same time, and it was a double knockdown? But then Mitrione got up, and now he has a win over Fedor Emelianenko? I hope it's a double double knockout like, I, I just hope I hope that's what happens. That'd be the only way I'd be interested in, in this fight is if it was just a double knockout. I, I'd just love to see it. We're bound to see one at some point. I don't think that's ever happened in the UFC. But uh, hopefully it happens in this one. All right, now moving on to the co-main event of the evening. It's going to be between Clay Guida and Mark O. Madsen. Guida is 36 and 20. Mark O. Madsen is perfect. With a record of 10 and 0, take a look at the odds here, and uh, Mark Madsen's going to be the minus 143 favorite. Very specific there when money's on the line. Uh, this is great. I've I've seen this, uh, you know, because this has been scheduled for like maybe three or four months at this point. Uh, I love it. This is fucking amazing, amazing matchmaking. I it. I'm very giddy. Like, I don't think this is deserving of a co-main event, but fuck it. I love it. You know Clay Guida's going to bring it. That dude's cardio is fucking insane. He sure has a lot of losses on his record, but, you know, he's also got a lot of wins. Tough dude. Nobody gets past Clay Guida easy. I mean, plenty of people get past Clay Guida, but it's never, uh, it's never really easy. And Mark Madsen's, you know, this undefeated prospect. He's this, uh, uh, you know, I believe freestyle wrestling Olympian. I don't think he was a gold medalist. I want to say he was like a silver medalist in like 2016, and uh, uh, you know the time is running out for Mark Madsen as a prospect, which is you know crazy, which is why I love that he's fighting a really tough guy who's outside of the rankings uh, in Clay Guida, because he's 36 years old, so he doesn't have he doesn't have five years to work his way to the top. There's a, there has to be a real sense of urgency with Mark Madsen where it's like, yeah, I mean, you can... I mean, there are fighters who fight when they're 40, but they're not fucking winning belts and doing great, great shit in the lightweight division, you know? Of course, you know, Francisco Trinaldo is, is you know, I think 41 and still fighting, and yeah, he's still winning some fights, but, you know, he's, again, he's not the champion. Uh, Leonardo Santos and, and whatever, but, you know, even if, if Mark Madsen were to win the UFC championship lightweight championship at 36 years old that would be insanely fucking impressive uh even at 36 but he's 36 right now and not in the rankings so you know i'm I'm very interested to see how far this guy can go because his wrestling is fucking elite i mean this guy's no matter who he goes up against he's always going to have a wrestling advantage i mean there's nobody who's going to be a better wrestler than mark madsen uh, there, there might be someone who puts Puts it all together better than Mark Matson, and in fact, I, you know, there are people who put it, you know, together better than Mark Matson. But fucking great wrestler, and this is a real test. Like Clay Wheat is not a fucking schlub when it comes to striking, so that's obviously going to be the, uh, that's always going to be a weakness for Mark Matson. It's just how quickly and, and uh, you know, how well he can put together his striking, because you got to have both. You can't just fucking be a Ben Askren, or that's a bad example because that dude was a champ in multiple organizations, but. Uh, you know what I mean? Like you can't just be, this is not 1997 uh, in the UFC. You can't just be a striker. You can't just be a wrestler. I mean, you really have to mix the martial arts to some degree, to some degree. Of course, you can have your specialties, but you, you really have to mix it together. I mean, the, you know, there's a reason why Gokhan Saki, you know, fucking flamed out of the UFC. Yeah, it's very cool. Tell me more about how you're an elite kickboxer. That shit doesn't fucking matter at all in the UFC if you can't. You know, stop a takedown or, or wrestle or you know, do anything like that. Uh, that being said, I think th- I think this is going to be a pretty fucking close fight. Like I don't think anybody's going to run away with it here. Uh, I am going to go Mark Matson to win this one. Uh, I think he's more talented, has way less miles on the uh, on the treads, great wrestler, uh, and uh, I think he's going to win. I want to say by decision because it's you know, it's Cleggweed is tough, but he, he has been finished a lot in uh, his fu- in his fights now mostly by uh, by TKO, but he, he he has been finished several times by submission. So I'm gonna go Mark Madsen by round round one submission. I, I think he finishes it early, well not early in the first round, but I think he finishes it early in the fight. But maybe. Maybe very late in the first round, with with, with under a minute left in the first round, I think Mark Madsen chokes him out because Clay Guida is going to have a lot of energy. Uh, Probably best to get him when he's uh, not super sweaty, Uh, and uh, you know he's very susceptible to getting choked out. So uh, I think maybe Mark Madsen strikes with him for a little bit. I don't think literally the first thing he's going to do in the in the fight is shoot for a takedown, but. Uh, I think he gets him down, uh, and, and Guida probably doesn't get back up and, and just uh, gets choked out. So, again, Mark O. Madsen by first-round submission. All right, moving on now to the main event of the evening. It's going to be in the middleweight division between Jared Cannoneer and Kelvin Gastelum. Cannoneer is 13-5, and Gastelum is 17-7. and Take a look at the odds here, and they definitely have grown uh, over the last few hours, maybe maybe even the last couple of days. Uh, according to uh, opening, Cannoneer is going to be the minus 230 favorite. Uh, obviously, discrepancy between some of the sports books. A lot of them have them closer to the minus 150, minus 140 range. Uh, that would be Bovada, Bet Online, Intertops, and uh, Sports Betting. So, you know a little bit of discrepancy there. I think it's fair to have Cannoneer as the favorite, and you know I think this I think this is a, a good matchup. I think it's a good good opportunity for both of these fighters. Uh, I, I think there will be some urgency because Kelvin Gastelum has been losing a lot of fights recently. Uh, you know he's actually very quickly. I was going to say slowly but surely, but actually very quickly. Sliding out of the of the top fifteen. I mean, you know, you had the loss to Izzy, a loss to Till, a loss to Hermanson in seventy eight seconds, a rebound win over Hyunish, and then a loss to Whitaker. Now, those are good fighters, but you are going to fight good fighters in the UFC. So, uh, you know, anybody who wants to make an excuse like, oh, well, you know, those are great fighters. You know, okay, you are not going to fight bums in the UFC. So, you know what I mean? It's not. It's not an. It, you, you still lost four out of five. It doesn't matter who the fuck you lost those two. You lost four out of five. It's, I'm not going to say it's literally irrelevant, but it's almost quite literally irrelevant who you lose or win to, you know, at the end of the day. Or actually lose to, you know, because you could win against, you know, a lot of bums. But, you know, losses are losses. You cannot fucking rack those up in the UFC, whether or not you're you're up high or certainly if you're down low. (coughs) So you know, but Calvin Gastelum keeps filling in, uh, somewhat late notice for a lot of these, uh, main events, but eventually if you keep fucking losing, losing him, you're not going to get him. Uh, like, I really think this might be the beginning of the end for Gastelum, Gastelum if he loses. I understand he's 29, but and he's losing a lot of fights. And Jared Cannonier, you know, he was the shit. He was rising up, took that L against, uh, Robert Whitaker. And, you know, if he beat Whitaker last year, he might've got a title shot. And, you know, now he's sitting here, he's 37 years old. Again, it's it's kind of the same spot as Mark Madsen, where it's like, you're running out of time. You are running out of time. So, you know, if Cannonier loses to Gastelum, that tremendously hurts his ability to, to ever get to the UFC title. I mean, you know, even if you fight very quickly, you're probably still looking at four months in between fights. And then, you know, you have to look at the landscape of the middleweight division. And hey, is there a You know, is there, has everybody above me already had a title shot? Is there anybody else that they could give a title shot to? And then politics comes in and it's just, it's all very, very uncertain. But if you you keep winning, obviously that's a good thing. So he he needs a win here. A win over Gastelum is not going to do him a whole lot in the rankings. Uh, It's not going to do a whole lot in, in, you know, my opinion of Kananir. But uh, I think the UFC really respects Calvin Gastelum. So perhaps internally, Gastelum one of those guys like an RDA or, or someone like that where you know, if, if, you, if you beat that person, you get a lot of respect you know, from the UFC. And ultimately, it only matters what the UFC thinks about you because they're the ones who are signing your checks and, uh, and doing the matchmaking. So a very, very big opportunity f- here for uh, Cannoneer. And uh, you know, I think I think uh, it, it's fair to have him be the favorite in this fight, and I am going to pick Jared Cannonier uh, to win this one. I just think he's the better fighter. Uh, he's he's far more consistent. So I think it is entirely possible that Kelvin Gastelum wins this fight. Kelvin Gastelum, I would even say, is more talented than Jared Cannonier. But Gastelum is so fucking inconsistent that I just I don't know, man. If if A-plus Kelvin Gastelum shows up, if the Kelvin Gastelum that showed up against Izzy... Now, I understand it was a loss, but if that Kelvin Gastelum shows up, he's going to win. He's going to win, plain and simple. But I don't fucking know. Is the D-minus Kelvin Gastelum... Well, actually, just F. Is the F F Kelvin Gastelum that showed up against Jack Hermanson going to show up against Candoneer? Okay, well, in that case, he's going to get fucking flatlined. So it's just, man, I don't know. The... the uh, Kelvin Gastelum's spectrum just runs the whole fucking gamut, dude. It runs the entire fucking length. So I don't know what I'm gonna get. Um, but I would say because Cannoneer is very uh, consistent, we know he's a good striker. We know he's powerful. Uh, you know he's he's pretty poised for a guy who really hasn't been on the big stage for that long. You know toiling away at heavyweight, toiling away at light heavyweight. He's only really been relevant in the middleweight division since his uh, win over Anderson Silva back in May of 2019. So he really only has two years of like two years and two or three fights of big time experience, but he's remarkably poised. So um, for those those reasons, I like Jared Cannoneer. Uh, it's interesting because it's five rounds. So, you know, we've never really seen Cannoneer go five rounds. Uh, yeah, cause he went three. He went three with Whitaker and got kind of beat up a little bit. So I don't think he's ever been beyond the end of the third round. So you know that's a little interesting because Calvin Gastelum does have championship experience. He has fought in a lot of main events. He has gone five rounds before. Uh, not that cardio is is a concern with Jared Cannonier. It's just we've never. We've never really seen it to that extent, so it is a question mark. It is a question mark. Maybe it's unfair to to question it, but you know, if we haven't seen it, uh, it'll be interesting. But can Kelvin Gastelum not get knocked out in 25 minutes against Jared Cannonier? I think there's a lot of uh, uh, questions that we're gonna find out. But you know, I'm gonna go with uh, Mr. Crystal Man, uh, Jared Cannonier. He has the power of uh, the rocks. He has the power of the crystals. Uh, I don't fuck with people who fuck with crystals, so that's you know. If that's Jared's thing, that's his thing. And uh, I can't really argue with him, you know, outside of the Whitaker performance. I mean, those crystals have uh, served him well. So I'm going to end up going, well, let's take a look here at Kelvin Gastelum. Hmm. He's pretty susceptible to getting choked out. But he's never been finished with strikes before. You know, I'm gonna say it goes five rounds. I'm gonna say it goes five rounds. Kelvin's got a thick head. He, he, he's got he's got a big head. He's a big guy. He can take some he can take some damage. We saw it in the Adesanya fight. If Adesanya doesn't finish Gastelum in 25 minutes, uh, I don't think Cannoneer will. Could be wrong, but I don't think Cannoneer will. So we're just gonna go uh, unanimous decision, and I, I think it's gonna be pretty one-sided uh, in favor of Cannonier. Uh But you know. Even in a lot of losses, Gastelum still has some moments. But let's just hope we don't get uh, we don't get the bad version of Kelvin Gastelum for uh, you know viewership's sake. So again, cannoneer, unanimous decision. All right, with that, uh, we'll wrap it up here. So again, you could follow me on Twitter at Owen You could follow uh, the Mailman on Twitter at Owen the Mailman. Uh, Star Sports on Twitter at NorthStarMIN. Uh, check out our website at NorthStarSports.media. We will have the main card showdown uh, in uh, the matter of uh, in a matter of a couple of hours. And uh, thanks for tuning in, everybody.